0: welcome to another episode of Tea Chatter. We've got a good one for you today. How many of you are in the market for a new bicycle or know of someone else who's looking for a bicycle? You know, sometimes the trip into a bike shop can be a little bit intimidating. Uh, So I thought in this episode we would approach a traditional way of buying a bicycle and a non-traditional way, just so you can see what to expect when you go into a bike shop and what some of your alternatives might be. Now for the traditional way, we're going to start with an interview with Sonny Harris of Harris Cyclery in West Newton, Massachusetts. shop's been around for about 52 years and has always been a favorite dealer of ours because they really know how to treat their customers properly. So Sonny's going to tell us what the buying procedure is like at his shop and what they do for their customers. After we talk to him, we're going to go way out to the other side of the country, Portland, Oregon to be specific, And we're going to talk to Audrey Block, who has a a niche little boutique business called Cycling Salon. What Audrey does is she's kind of a matchmaker. You come to her, you tell her what you're looking for in a bike, she sizes you up, has lengthy conversations, does a bunch of research, and comes back and gives you an idea of what bike's going to fit you properly. So it's kind of like letting her do a lot of the homework for you. Uh, a lot of the go-between with a bike shop. She'll even personal shop if you want. It's very interesting. She's she's come across some neat ideas. And I, I think you'll enjoy listening to these, two. So let's get started with Sonny Harris.
1: Hi, Sonny. Thank you so much for taking time today to talk to me about this. I really appreciate it. Uh, first of all, I think uh, kudos to you are in order. I understand that Harris Cyclery was named the best bicycle shop in Boston.
2: Yes, it's true, and we were down surprised about it because of all the large shops around, so we're very pleased, and thank you for mentioning it.
1: Ah, You're welcome. Well, you certainly deserve it. It's a, a great shop you've got going there. Let, let's talk a little bit about people, women uh, specifically, coming into bike shops to buy bikes. You and I were chatting a little bit earlier, <clears throat> and I mentioned that I thought that the buying experience sometimes can be a little bit intimidating for women. And and you said you thought, yeah, that was the case some years ago, but you're seeing some changes.
2: Yeah, I've seen some changes because I think a lot of the women that come in, not all by any means, and there's still a percentage that are uh, different from those that are coming in that might have read something on the Internet or, or actually did some delving, or perhaps they have a husband or a boyfriend that sort of helped direct them because of their writing abilities, and so they come in with some pretty good um, ideas of what they're looking for, and that's probably the one thing that we try to do right from the beginning. When somebody comes in, we want to know what they're going to do with the bike. We know they're going to ride it, but what are they going to do? Are they going to do some racing? Are these these people uh, just want to do some shopping, recreational? We need to find those things out. Then we can go from there.
1: Um, <clears throat> so if I come into the shop and I tell you I'm kind of a sports rider, I don't want to race, but I'm not really casual, it's fitness, it's that kind of thing, Then then where will we go? Would you start leading me to certain models of bikes?
2: Yeah, I probably, uh, if it's going to be a sport riding, and I'm assuming we're talking more recreational, would that be what you're thinking in terms of?
1: Yeah, but I would say pretty serious recreational, like uh, somebody who's going to be riding maybe 100 to 150 miles a week.
2: Oh, in that case, then as long as we know that these folks are planning to be mainly on the roads, uh, we would certainly direct them to, uh, in this particular case, women-specific bicycles which are generally bicycles that are made, as you know, in your particular case, by a woman for women, but most of the other companies are now finally deciding to make bikes to fit people rather than fit people having to fit bikes. Which <laughs> That's a great is, way to put it. Well, it's really true.
1: That's a great way to put it. At, at what point should we start talking about price in this conversation?
2: When, well, me be, me as a buyer, how how yeah. soon
1: does that come to the front?
2: Well, to be perfectly honest with you, I think in today's market and the economy as it is, regardless of what people have an idea of when they come into the store, whether they're already dangerous because they've done some research and maybe not quite gotten it all, um, I almost always, to begin with, find out what kind of a price range they have in mind. And I try to tell them right from the beginning, you know, don't cheat yourself. If you want to do something in particular and you think you can afford x amount then this is where you want to go and then we can go below it and above it we're not going to stay specifically there because it may be something that they don't even need at that price range or, or the more expensive one or the less expensive one might be too inexpensive
1: I think that's important. I can remember a long time ago when I first bought a house I had a a set price, and the real estate agent made a point of showing me something a lot more expensive. Not that I was necessarily going to buy it, but at least I knew what spending more money was going to get yeah and that's that's all part of it so So now maybe you've got a couple of bikes here that I want to try. Do you have a formal fit system that you use there at harris how do you How do you handle that
2: if it's somebody who really requires that? and is going into perhaps into several thousand dollars, uh, yeah, we do. But in the average person, say, from around a price range of about six, I'm talking about road bike-style bikes now, um, from, say, 650 to thirteen fourteen hundred dollars 1400 uh, we literally can fit them just by eyesight. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, there will be some places that will disagree with the system, but most cases it works fine. The, the fellows that I have here on the floor... They're so good that they know exactly what they're looking for and what they're doing. And then in the end, it doesn't matter how you end up getting a bike to somebody. There's always adjustments that have to be made. And so we have to do the same thing. How
1: Do customers get a chance to take the bike for a test ride at your shop?
2: Absolutely. We wouldn't sell a bike without them trying it and <laughs> having, and specifically having them go over some of the roads that they're thinking in terms of. You mentioned about a road bike. Uh, if it's even a recreational one, it doesn't matter to us. We we make sure that they're helmeted and out the door and explained uh, whatever we can for them. And then they, when they come back, it's surprising enough. Some people will say right off the bat, gosh, this is very comfortable. Didn't expect that. Other people say, oh, the saddle is terrible. Or maybe I just don't know how to shift. But These things are all taken care of. I I
1: always wondered about this. I mean, suppose I'm a customer and I come in and I take a bike out and I – I just feel kind of, as some people say, scrunched up on the bike. Mm-hmm. So I bring it back in the shop and I say, I, you know, I think this bike would be perfect if it had a 100-millimeter stem on it. Mm-hmm. Would you swap the stem out for me and let me take it out again for a test ride?
2: Absolutely. In today's bikes, because the bikes are built, again, to sell to people, they've made it quite convenient to be able to slip, uh, excuse me, take off a uh, gooseneck and, uh, and put anything that they want on
1: that's great, because I think a lot of shops may balk at that at some point. You know, you don't know whether or not you're going to make the sale, so you're saying to yourself, how much time am I going to spend with this customer? I'm sure I'm sure every shop owner gets to that point. Um, you know, after somebody's been in there a couple of hours, are you ever tempted to say, you know, there's really not a whole lot more we can do with this bike? Or do you just keep working on it?
2: No, well, we'll work up to a point, And then uh, my fellows, again, and perhaps even myself on some of the areas, uh, um, uh, if it gets to a point that we really feel these folks that are riding just – are not comfortable because they were on another bike that they used to love, and now it's a whole different bike. I mean, it's always going to be different, and they're reverting to what they're thinking about. We have a lot of people who come in and uh, get um, a, a hybrid bike, for instance, and uh, they've had a three-speed bike up to the many, many years, and, oh, this isn't as comfortable as my old bike. Well, it's not going to be to begin with. <laughs> they need to, you know, acclimate themselves to it as we try to acclimate the bike to them.
1: I think that's an important point, and I, I can tell you uh, from my experience, especially with very small riders, we often have the situation where a woman has been riding a bike that's just been very large, way too big for her, but she's been riding it for years, and her body's kind of got molded into that shape. And then, then when she gets on a Terry or another WSD that's really small and does fit her, she feels like she's on a toy. And, and it takes time sometimes to overcome that sensation.
2: That's right, and, and we run into this quite often because a lot of the young ladies that come in, or some of the uh, adult ladies now, I should say. Um, have <laughs> Watch now, that. What am I going to tell you? I'm a 75, so everybody's younger than me at this point. <laughs> but uh, the point is that uh, they come in, and quite often we'll, we'll uh, talk to these gals, and uh, we'll find out almost invariably that their first bikes were donated to them by their brothers, or their fathers, and it was never the right size bike, and the poor gals, every time they got on a bike, or off a bike in particular, they were banging themselves, and after a while, they didn't want to ride, which was sad,
1: Oh yeah. but
2: uh, these things have been taken care of, because uh, uh, you're absolutely right, there's a, there's a memory for something, and it takes a bit of time, and we do explain exactly the same thing, you need to ride this, take it out for another half an hour.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: It's amazing how much of a difference that can make, you know, and after a little while of doing that, then you get back on the old the old clunker and you say, Oh my lord, how did I ever ride that
2: bike? That is right, and there it is <laughs> out in the trash.
1: <laughs> or
2: wherever. It's pretty
1: amazing. Here here's a question for you and I, I won't tell you my answer, but I I want to see how you take this. When when we used to go to uh trade shows and bike rallies and that kind of thing and we would we would take bikes, um I learned very quickly that women approach the buying experience very differently than men. Their priorities seem to be a little bit different. In the end, they always got to the bike that fit them properly, but they they approach it differently than men. Do you see that at Harris?
2: Yeah. Um, well, you know, I really shouldn't say that. Some of the men that come in here, uh, uh, they're really tough to uh, deal with, and uh-huh. um, sometimes it gets to that point where, you you know, it just isn't going to work, and it's better that they, they actually go someplace else, and uh, we don't want to throw them out, but... You know you, you just get a feeling for it, and so that's something you mentioned earlier, however, a lot of the women that come in, especially if they haven't bought a bike in some years and maybe not even been riding too much, but they, you know their friends are starting to ride this type of a bike and they or they may have a a bike of their own that every time they get out on the bike, somebody passes them in about two seconds and they're figuring out why they can't keep up with them it's the wrong bike, obviously, but at the same token uh when they come in uh, there's a couple of things that They really want to be sure about They want to be sure that a saddle is comfortable, and I don't blame them. They may have been on bikes that the saddle never was comfortable in the beginning, so they're looking for types of products like that that are on these bikes. At the same time, uh, it it, it just amazes me how many say, you know, this bike is wonderful, but I don't like the color.
1: Oh, yeah. It drives us nuts. Yep. Yep. Absolutely
2: drives us nuts. We know that the bike is perfect. We know everything about it. I don't like the color. What other color? Well, this particular model doesn't come in any other color. (laughs) Oh, well, I'll have to think about it. (laughs) And it's okay. I'm exactly that way
1: myself. Yeah, Yeah. sure.
2: (laughs) And I think that's probably more for the woman than it is for the man. The average man doesn't particularly care about the, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. the color of the bike, although we run into it once in a while. But um, I don't know. I, I may have gotten off the subject from what you asked me, and now I have almost forgotten what you asked me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just we were just talking about how men approach buying a little bit differently, and that's one of the things that I know is that color is very important. It doesn't mean a woman doesn't care about the components or any of the technical yeah. aspects. She does. But there are certain things that she may want to have right, right off the bat.
2: Exactly. If the color's
1: right, okay, and then it has the right Shimano or Campy group, it has the right frame material, it has the right geometry, now we
2: can talk. That's right. And and you're actually right, by the way. Uh, Your answer is better than mine. But the fact is, uh, color is very important to them.
1: Um, Let me ask you this. After I've come to the shop, I've taken the bike out for a test ride, decide to buy it, I take it home, inevitably you probably have the customer who comes back in the door two weeks later with the bike and says, you know, it just isn't right for me after all. Does that customer have any options, or is it just...
2: So sad, too bad, or whatever. Well, I'll tell you, the first thing is we would feel terrible, and I can't say it has never happened to us. Oh, it always Probably happens. Probably is once sure. in a great, great while. So we're very pleased that most people go out and they're, they're very happy with everything. But you know, if it really is that unha- they're that unhappy, they'll get a full refund. I, you know, I, I, even if I have to sell that as a secondary bike, mm-hmm. uh, I just feel it's uh, only fair to the consumer who came in and took the time and took the bike out. It, it's so unusual, though, that I don't really care. I, I, I would rather have them happy going out and saying, you know, I had this experience over at this Harris Cyclery. I really can't believe it. I had this bike for a couple of weeks. I used it quite a bit. And when I went back sheepishly to say that I really didn't like it, they had no hesitancy. Of course, the thing we tried to do was get them into something else. But, right, sure. you know, it, it, the problem would be, in my mind immediately as a retailer, gosh, if she wasn't happy with this and we knew that this bike should be good for her, I, is this going to happen a second time or a third time?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that would be the only thing that bothered me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we would try to rectify it, but they would get a credit. Well, I think
1: that that's really the sign of a good shop. I mean, that means you have confidence in what you're doing. Uh, you know that this is a, a, you can turn this into a positive thing, not a negative thing. And I would think it would give your buyers an awful lot of confidence knowing, you know, chances are I'm not going to go back, but if I do, they're going to stand behind me. That's That's yeah. very good to know.
2: And it's very possible that that same person will say that we're a friend. Says, you know, I really didn't do well over there, but they were terrific. Yeah. And you know that makes a big difference because you have plenty of competitors in this area. As most shops do.
1: Yes, yes, and you have some very, very strong competitors there. Oh, so that's yeah. yeah, it's a great mar- It's a great market for cyclists. They have a lot to choose from. Yes. Sonny, just to kind of wrap this up a little bit, if you could, if you could just kind of go back and 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 hit the high points. I mean, tell my customers who are listening right now, um, what what they can expect from a bike shop, uh, what, what their part of the bargain is when they come into the shop, what should they be prepared to talk about, to know, just, you know, real quickly, boom, 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 just to kind of wrap things up.
2: Yeah, well, as far as I'm concerned, as I mentioned earlier, I think the first thing the shop should do is find out what this party wants or what they have an idea of what they're going to do. They may be actually thinking in terms of of road riding, but they really aren't going to do that. They want to see some sightseeing. They may want a touring bike as compared to a road bike. And so all of these things have to be taken into consideration as far as the fitting goes. Again, according to probably the price range, the average shop will not take the time to do a full fit. If somebody insists on it, certainly they're entitled to it. Most shops will be able to do it. Um, there is usually a charge on that because it does take a certain amount of time. And and uh, it, it, it just turns out that uh, the amount of time that's put into it should be paid a specific amount. Uh, I'm not sure what shop's sure. charge, but uh, whatever it is. Um, and um, th- so they should be fitted. And, and those that are, are doing the fitting should be able to take the time with you to make sure that you feel comfortable on the bike, that as you go forward, that your neck isn't bothering you, the things that we would know almost immediately if there's a problem. And then the consumer certainly has a right to ask, could I have a shorter stem? Could I have this? Could I have that? Maybe the change of tire. Some things we would have to charge for, but most cases we're really not concerned. It's just very simple changes today. Mm -hmm. So as far as I'm concerned, after that, if the color is right, buy it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you you made me think of one thing. Let me just ask you one more thing. When you were discussing that, we used to run into situations where uh, a man and a woman would approach. If she was a bi- she was buying the bicycle, and he was asking all the questions and sometimes making the wrong suggestions <laughs> or leading her down the wrong path you ever run into that in the store? I think some cops said to me, we usually put him on a a bike and send him out for a test ride and get him out of the store.
2: Yeah, well, we we run into it, and it it really is tough on on our salespeople, including myself. Uh, We're talking with her. She is the rider. He is not the rider, and she should be able to, uh, you know, unfortunately... if they're in with again their husband or boyfriend, and uh, they would like to be sure that they're taking care of the right way, the boyfriend or husband is apt to say something. But it's diff- it's a difficult thing. The the women um, you know start to get turned away from something because it isn't quite what the boyfriend said, mm-hmm. and it is a difficult thing. But uh, you know, it's funny. You said something now. I don't think that I've ever taken the time to. Tell the gentleman, why don't you take a ride? See, you might <laughs> or, sell two but I think it used to be called take a hike. <laughs> but uh anyway, no, the, yeah, we run into it now and then. But uh, we're fortunate. A lot of the ladies come in with another woman, mm-hmm. and it does mm-hmm. make it a lot easier. And sometimes these are the women that have bought a bike from us, or or they bought a bike in the area and uh, maybe just moved into town, so that it's we've become a new shop to them. But at least they come in, and and most most of the. Look, most people walk out of the shop if they haven't bought a bike. They've been treated the right way, mm-hmm. and that is important. And that's where that probably is the prime thing that any woman coming into a shop they should feel that they've been treated the right way.
1: Exactly, and I think too, if a woman finds that shop that does exactly what you're talking about, then she's going to be comfortable just just speaking out on her own, coming in by herself, more than once, twice, three times before she finally makes the purchase.
2: Absolutely, and it's and always a pleasure.
1: Yeah, that's always part of it.
2: Besides, they're a lot prettier than my my salespeople, so it even works out better. <laughs> I should well, tell you the story someday about the chronicle out this way, but that'll be something you and I will talk about. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, Sonny, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm sure our customers got a lot out of this.
2: Well, I hope they did. I, I um, uh, it's, it's a tough situation, but again, I think that most of the women today that come into our store quite often have a pretty good idea what they're looking for. They may not know the specifics, but they've got a pretty good idea. And once they impart that to the salespeople, they should be taken care of just the way they should be.
1: Yeah. And that's all there is to it. No, that's great. There's that's no ands or buts about it. Good. That's the
2: way it should be. <laughs> all right, my dear. I thank you very much for the call.
0: Thank you. Take care, Sonny.
2: Yep, right on. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: So there you have it. There's a perspective of a very good shop dealer about how to sell bikes. And I think you can use that as a standard by which to judge other shops. Now let's head out to Portland, Oregon to talk to Audrey Block to see how she sells bicycles. Hi,
1: Audrey. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. I really appreciate it.
3: You're welcome. It's great to be talking with you.
1: Um, Cycling Salon is, is a business that you run with another woman. And you're in Portland, Oregon. Is that correct?
3: That's right.
1: I, I noticed on your website, I just Googled cycling salon and found you very quickly. Uh, pedal cures for women. That's very cute. I like that. <laughs> That's very clever. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You, This isn't really a bike shop the way we think of a bike shop. If I went to see you, I'm not going to see racks of tires and clothing and bicycles and all that kind of stuff. Is that right?
3: That is correct. Right.
1: So, you're you're really first and foremost providing service as opposed to hardware, I guess.
3: That's right. That was our um, intent. And our business idea was basically based on our own experience uh, in trying to go into bike shops and figure out what kind of bikes and equipment would be right for us and feeling that um, the, the shops were really uh, not able to help us in the way that we wanted to be helped. Uh, they're often... Sometimes they work on commission. Sometimes they're staffed by um, lots of young men typically and maybe a couple of young women. Um, I probably have more cycling experience than a lot of the sales people, uh, but yet they're not able or maybe willing in some cases uh, to really you know, talk with you and, and provide the service that you want to end up with a bike that you really are going to love.
1: So this is this is kind of interesting. You're not really competing at all with bike shops as a matter of fact you're probably increasing their business we would hope in the long run Um, (laughs)
3: that's that's exactly right
1: (laughs) so so this is great so if i'm in portland or maybe i can even do it long distance i don't know and i i'm in the market for a bike i guess you don't really care if i'm a rider who's just getting back into the sport or if i'm a seasoned pro who's looking for the seventh or eighth bike that i'm going to own
3: that's right. We, we uh, don't care about that at all. But I do think that uh, a riding, uh, riding experience is an important consideration. It's really top on our list of things to talk about when a customer comes to us and is thinking about getting another bike. Um, because I think that um, you know the difference between someone who is a newbie or someone who's getting back into the sport after maybe a 10 or 15 or even 20-year hiatus is very different from someone who's been riding 150 miles a week regularly uh, for several years uh, in a row. And that's a real important thing. That's one of the top things we talk with people about is how much riding have you done in your life? And then secondly, what is your goal? What are you going to do with your new bicycle? How many miles do you intend to ride? Do you want to ride cyclocross? Are you going to just commute to work? Do you want to do club rides? Are you going to try to race? You know, what are your goals for using that new piece of equipment?
1: How do you go about, after you've established that, you know, what, what the intent of the rider is and all that, then, you know, it's really important at that point to start talking about fit. Do Do you all use any kind of a fit system? How do you approach that side of it?
3: Yes, uh, we certainly do. And in, as far as we're concerned, the ideal situation is when a customer contacts us and says, I am I have this old bike, I'm not sure it fits. Um, that's another piece that's kind of interesting. There's really no easy place for people to take a current bike and say, what do you think about this bike? Because if you think about it in terms of cars, are you going to take your old car to a new car dealer and say, what do you think of this old car? Shall I keep it or shall I buy a new one? Well, chances are they're going to say, you know, you should buy a new one. But but sometimes the old one is okay or it's okay for some other purpose, Uh, but you may want to consider a new bike because you want to do a different type of riding or ride more. But... um, Fit is very important. So, the first thing that we would ideally do is ask someone to set up an appointment and come over and talk with us. And of course, we're going to cover experience and we're going to cover goals. And then the third thing we're going to do is uh, do some measurement. Um, and uh, some simple measurements will uh, allow a customer to end up with a much better fitting bicycle uh, than they would probably otherwise get by just going to a bike shop. So the main three things that we will do is measure inseams so that we can establish uh, what the standover should be. That is, you know, from the top tube to the ground to make sure that there's enough clearance between the body and the top tube. We're going to do some measurements that allow us to come close to a ballpark of what the reach should be to the handlebars. That is, when you're sitting on the bicycle riding, How far do you have to extend your arms to get uh, to the handlebars? And, of course, that's the number one problem that women have on their bicycles. That's right. And then the third thing we look at is uh, shoulder width. And that's actually a really important consideration, too, that uh, shops generally don't seem to take into account. And that can really make a difference in terms of comfort on the bicycle. So we established those three measurements. Uh, I offer personal bike shopping uh, for clients who are interested in having some help actually going to the shop, riding bicycles, talking about equipment, price, and so on. But for those who are not interested in um, uh, paying for that service or, or really believe that they can do it on their own, which is fine, we send them away with some education. I always tell people to take a tape measure, be a nerd, you know, and I show them how to measure that act, uh, effective or actual top tube from the saddle to the handlebar so they can get in, into the range of where they should be in terms of their reach. I show them how to make sure that the bicycle is not too big or too small for them, and that, again, is that standover height. Um, and then I show them how to measure their handlebars. And I cannot tell you how many times, even with some women-specific bikes, Um, a woman will ride a bike, and it will have 42-centimeter or (laughs) 44-centimeter width handlebars. Now, Mm -hmm. for for the rare woman, that's not a problem, but most women are going to be a lot more comfortable if they have 36- or 38-centimeter handlebars on their bikes.
1: Do you actually go as far as recommending particular brands and models, or do you just say, look, here are the dimensions you should look for, go find a bike that, that meets that?
3: I do recommend uh, certain bikes and models, and in fact, if I can get some information prior to the customer coming over about uh, what they think they want to do, how much money they'd like to spend, um, then I can go ahead and do some uh, research on the Internet, uh, come up with some bikes within their price range that might fit the geometry pretty well for them without you know, really knowing what their geometry is until they come over and have some measurements. But I have found that uh, there are a few uh bikes that reasonably fit women pretty well. Um I don't know if you care to have me mention a few of those. No, or...
1: go yeah, go ahead because you know, <laughs> okay. we're we're just okay. trying to to get information out to people and if Yeah. and and that's the most important thing.
3: Yeah, I think that um of the the bikes uh, the stock bikes that are available, Specialized, is one uh, line of bikes that does a pretty good job uh, with their women-specific bikes. And there is also a particular model that's not – it's a unisex. It's a—it's not a women-specific bike, the uh, Sequoia, which is a nice all-around bike that a person can do some light touring and certainly can commute and also do uh, club rides or um, – uh, that type of event on it, they tend. It's a pretty comfortable ride. Uh, it it is uh, one model is is on the lower end of the price range. It's at about seven hundred or seven hundred fifty dollars, which is comfortable for some women. So that's one bike I recommend. Um, for those that are are willing to um, spend a little more money because they're they're pretty serious riders, I've actually found that the Serata. Uh, stock bike, the FIERTE, can be modified um, and made to be pretty comfortable for women by uh, usually, uh, again, changing out the handlebars and putting on a, a shorter stem, p- perhaps a more angled stem than the bike tends to come with. Uh, that bike runs about $3,000, but uh, for a serious rider, um, you know, that's, that's not too much money. That's mm-hmm. actually a, a pretty moderately priced bike. And of course, I actually think a lot of your bikes, uh, Georgina. I've studied uh, the geometry of a lot of bikes, and I feel that uh, your line of bikes um, uh, fit the geometry of the typical woman better than any uh, set of bikes out there that are available for women today.
1: Thank you. I have another question for you, Audrey. Just going back to the point where this customer has come into the store and now she's equipped with all of this knowledge and knows what she needs, does she ever run into a problem when she goes to the bike shop and says, okay, look, this is the bike I want. I think we're going to have to play around a little bit with the stem or whatever to get a good fit. Does she ever get stonewalled at that point saying, look, you know, we're not going to make all these changes unless we know absolutely for sure that you're going to buy this bike? Or or you may have a, a select group of shops there that are really, really good. and You're probably sending her someplace where that's not going to happen.
3: Well, I think that it, you know, when you walk in a shop, uh, unfortunately um, you're, you're just going to get the luck of, of the draw in terms mm-hmm. of a salesperson. Um, some are very good and very knowledgeable, and some know uh, a lot about the issues that women tend to have on bicycles. Others are clueless and may not be either able or willing to take uh, customer considerations into mind. When I shop with a woman, I n- never hesitate to go ahead and ask the shop to swap out the handlebars, to put a different stem on, um, to do uh, swap out a saddle. Um, mm-hmm. And usually they are more than willing to do this uh, because uh, they'll just, sell that equipment on some other bicycle. It's mm-hmm. generally of no cost to them. In fact, sometimes I've even asked them to put the adjustable uh, shifters on a bike uh, for a woman who can benefit from um, not having to reach so far on the integrated shifters that mm-hmm. typically come on bikes.
1: We're talking about those in the case of Shimano, the R600s or r seven hundred with the little shims in them, right?
3: That's exactly right. And yep. for, for some women with small hands, and for, uh, and they really are having difficulties with the reach, uh, that can really make a huge difference for them. And I, I believe your bikes all come with that. Oh, that absolutely.
1: Right? <laughs> you yeah. better believe it. Yeah. Yeah. We would be uh, in big trouble if we didn't do that. It right. wouldn't be a woman's
3: bike. <laughs> right, exactly. But you'd be surprised how many so-called women-specific bikes come with the same shifters that every other bike on the floor comes with.
1: Yeah, I've gotten emails about that from frustrated husbands. I do know. <laughs> <laughs>
3: right, right. And again, you know, sometimes for for something like a um, a different saddle, preferably a better saddle, such as a Terry uh, saddle or something, the customer may, may, may be asked to spend a little bit more money, or the stem that they end up uh, wanting to uh, get is a little bit more expensive. But that's just uh, marginal in comparison to the cost of a bike, and certainly it doesn't matter at all if it means the difference between a bike that you're comfortable on and one that you continue to have neck and shoulder pain with.
1: And, And I'm sure you found the same thing that we found. Sometimes it's just the most minor of tweaks on a bike that can make all the difference in a world, in the world as far as your comfort and your efficiency on the machine goes.
3: That's exactly right, and that actually brings me to another point that I would like to make, and that is the uh, post-purchase fit.
1: Ah. Um, <laughs> yeah. This
3: is this is something that um, annoys me to no end. Um, you know, it's it's an important thing to do, but it's pointless unless you start with a bike that has a frame that's the right size. And it's pointless unless you've you know paid attention to some of these other adjustments that well, actually, I shouldn't say that, but when you when you buy a bike and you have handlebars that fit, you have a stem that works for you, have shifters that are gonna work for you um then then it's a lot less expensive and complicated uh, thing to do this this post fit um post purchase fit so You know, when someone has worked with us and goes out and purchases a bike, either with our help or without, we encourage them to come back, and we want to make sure that the saddle is level. We want to set the saddle fore and aft. In other words, we want to make sure that it's not too far forward, too far back. We want to make sure that the saddle is set at the correct height. We want to make sure that the cleats are adjusted properly. Um, as you know, you can, you can tilt the handlebar just a little bit up or down, and that can make a little bit difference in, in comfort. And you can also place those shifters on a road bike, the integrated shifters, a little inward, and that can actually make some, uh, increase the comfort on the bike. Now, none of these things are rocket science, but I, we've noticed that most of the shops here in Portland charge at least $75, and you can pay up to, I believe here in Portland, up to $300 for a bike fit. Wow. Um, <laughs> we have found that a, that a post-purchase fit for a reasonably fit bike, uh, really it takes no more than 45 minutes to an hour. And uh, my partner, Carol, is a physical therapist, and she's taken uh, several classes in fitting And, um, you know, we feel that, you know, in the range of $60 an hour is a much more reasonable price for someone if they do have a bike that can be adjusted just with some minor tweaks to fit them. There's a shop in Portland we've heard wind of that charged a customer uh, that we know $50 to set the saddle height. Uh, That's simply ridiculous. It's a very simple uh, thing to do.
1: It's interesting, too. I don't know how many people think about a post, post-purchase post fit. Uh, there's a lot of thought that's given to post-purchase derailleur and cable adjustment. <laughs> right. <laughs> but not so much to fit, but you're right. I mean, you know, after you've had a chance to get out of the bike and experience it, other things may pop up that didn't pop up originally, and you might as well get them tweaked right off the bat before they become problems.
3: Yes, that's right. We usually ask the customer to come over soon after they purchase the bike, we make those minor adjustments, and then we tell them to go ride. And then if they feel, you know, that the saddle is a little off or they're not sure about how their cleats fit, we encourage them to come back and we aren't going to charge them again um, just to make some some uh, final little tweaks to those things. to, you know, just make sure that they're as comfortable as possible on mm-hmm. the bike. Mhm.
1: Wow. Well, there's lots of food for thought in all of this. There really is. It sounds to me like you're on to something very unique, very, very uh, necessary in today's market. I mean, what a fantastic service. Uh, it it just takes a lot of the guesswork out of making the purchase for the customer and I think makes it so much more likely that when they plunk down their money, they're really going to walk away with the bike that's right for them and, and not be second-guessing the decision somewhere down the line. That's That's, that's- just terrific.
3: Yeah, that's right. I mean, when you go out and you're going to buy a computer or another piece of equipment, a blender for your kitchen, you know, you tend to do a little research. What models are out there? How much do they cost? What are the warranties? And certainly, if you're going to spend uh, upwards of $750 to $8,000 for a bicycle, you should really go ahead and, and do the same thing. You know, research what's available in your price range. Make sure that you know how you're going to use bike and make a sensible purchase that's going to allow you to, to enjoy, if not absolutely love that bike.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, I think that probably about covers it. Maybe we can get together at some point in the future and discuss some other aspects of fit. I'm sure our customers would love to hear more. Um, so your cycling salon in Portland, Oregon, all those people out in Portland, Oregon are lucky to have you there. And, and I imagine, actually, if somebody somewhere else in the country wanted to get in touch with you, you would be more than happy to advise them to the best of your ability over a long distance.
3: We sure would. I think we could talk with them about how to help, have them help a friend do some of these measurements, and we could certainly do uh, some of this uh, post or pre-purchase uh, education by email or even telephone.
1: Oh, that's terrific.
3: We'd be happy to do that.
1: Well, best of luck to you with this exciting business. I think it sounds great.
3: Well, thanks, uh, Regina. We're very excited about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a natural, and and, and your neck of the woods with so many cyclists there, you couldn't have landed in a better spot, that's for sure.
3: That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All
1: right. Well, thanks again, Audrey.
3: You're very welcome.
0: That concludes another episode of Tea Chatter. I hope it gave you some great ideas about buying bikes. Get out there and go for a ride and ride a few miles for all of us at Terry.